0: lovely listeners. Elle and I at What Beyond Measure want to welcome you back to part two of our Pride and Prejudice film adaptation episode. We hope you enjoy.
1: we have discussed literally everything about 95 let's talk about 2005 yes 2005 keira knightley matthew McFadden. yes it's a romance film yes so it definitely took some creative liberties a uh, shorter amount of time only a couple of hours and my absolute favorite yay yay so first of all, there are certain things in this movie that I think did, they did really well. Oh, yeah. So like we talked about, we talked about the setting in 95. Now it felt kind of stiff, but definitely gave the Bennetts a feeling of wealth. Mm-hmm. 2005, their house feels a little more run down, but I don't know if it's necessarily that it's run down. And more that it's just fucking lived in. Yeah. Like there's, there's stuff everywhere. It, it looks like five daughters live there. Yep you know, and they, like, we see the workers outside, the people taking care of the grounds and the animals and stuff like that and like, I own a house and I've only owned a house for a while now and I already know that, like, yeah my paint isn't always going to look great you know, like I'm gonna have dust places. I have marks and scuffs on my walls and my doors, and mm-hmm. that's that's what it feels like. Their house feels lived in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I noted like this was one of the first things I wrote down was that the mood and the style felt older, you know, in this version. And like a lot of times it reminded me of Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know why. It just did.
1: Kira Knightley. <laughs> yeah, that's I think why. it was
0: like Kira Knightley, and I think it was like the 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 lighting, you know, is a little bit darker. Um, mm-hmm. And they're like, even their- More their, true to the time. Yeah. Their style of clothing was like, was it older or was it more modern? Or it's so, a mix
1: of both, right? Yeah. It depends on like when this is actually taking place. Because that's something we don't actually know is the actual date of the story. Yeah. So if you're talking about like the time in which like, uh, Jane Austen was writing it then their clothing is a little old Um, if you're talking about like a few years before that which is likely when she was doing or when the story took place then it would be you know a little closer to it but if you think about it like think about the regular everyday people that you see around town like our clothes are all a mix of like the last 10-20 years of yeah. style Mm-hmm. so it's just that our style hasn't changed so significantly in the last 20 years like we're all still wearing jeans and t-shirts yeah but like back then the style of your dress would change and stuff like that so i felt like it made a little bit more sense that like yeah it felt lizzie more might real. be wearing a dress yeah lizzie would might be wearing a dress that's a little you know a little less in style than jane yeah. you know yeah yeah Also, Jane would probably get all the new clothes because she's the older sister.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something I really liked um, in the Bennett house, I loved that they had the portraits and they were like very old portraits, right? They looked like they were portraits that were done in like maybe the 16th century. You know, Mm -hmm. they're very early. I liked those touches because it made it feel like this is a family house that has been Mm -hmm. passed down for a very, very long time. Whereas when you went to Netherfield, That felt more like what you would see in the 95 version, you know, it was Mm -hmm. very modern, modern for the time, right, and like cleaner and like perfect and not as lived in, right,
1: obviously, because even nobody
0: lives there, right?
1: Yeah, nobody lives there. Yeah, it's not a family home, but Longbourn is, and it stayed in the family, and that's why it's being given to Mr. Collins, so it stays in the family.
0: And there were all the little add-ons, right, at Longbourn. Like, it wasn't just one big house like it is in the 95 version. It was a house that has grown with the family, and so there Mm -hmm. were, like, additions here and there, and Mm -hmm. that they looked different, and I liked that. Mm -hmm. I liked liked the setting a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like everything just felt more lived in and, and casual, like the way their clothes were worn, the way, the way like. um. So at one point, I think it's when Bingley finally shows up to propose. Yes. Jane sits up from the couch and the couch cover is all askew. And I'm like, this is a house that people were living in. So I, with scenes as you just
0: talked about it, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about right now. I. That scene, right before he gets there, when they're all lounging about in the room, like Mrs. Bennet is like half asleep with like a half-eaten plate of food on her stomach. Like the sisters Mm -hmm. are just, Jane is like sitting and reading, or not Jane, Lizzie is like sitting on a stool and reading, like the sisters are all over doing stuff. And like, Pingley's coming and it's just like all a big giant, it's like a dance, right? How they're like stuffing things in places and hiding things and like straightening up their hair and pinching their cheeks and... Everything. Mm-hmm. And then when he opens the door, it's like, they're all perfect and pristine, like you would see in the yeah. 95 version. And they've been uh-huh. like that the whole
1: time all morning. <laughs> like, I loved that. That just felt so real. Yeah. Well, and that's what I like about so much about the 2005 version is because it does feel more real. Like... Mm-hmm they feel like actual humans like not only are is the house lived in and the clothes lived in but the way they talk to each other and the way they move and their expressions and everything like they're saying these old timey feeling like like big words and the way that they phrase things feels old but the way that they're doing it is very relatable yeah like yeah like lizzie She might be speaking weird, but she looks like she could just be hanging out down the street, you know? Mm -hmm. And there isn't anything to indicate that people back then didn't have the same mannerisms and gestures and stuff that we do now. Yeah. We have no idea. We only have the written text. So we kind of have a quote unquote understanding of how they spoke. So like seeing them speak these, you know, the way that they're speaking, but have these fun gestures and stuff like that just... It felt real. It didn't feel stiff and cold like '95 did sometimes. Yeah, the whole movie felt like Lizzie in '95 being embarrassed and freaking out at ne- at uh, Pemberley. Yeah, <laughs> that's what '05 is. It's that moment for the whole movie.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So I have a note about '05 Mary, and my note mm-hmm. is she is the goth sister because like everything oh, she wears yeah. is black. <laughs> Or gray. Like all of her colors are muted. And I know that's like purposeful because
1: she's Mary, but also like she's Mary. I also like to think about it in in a way like this. So like Jane gets the nice clothes because she's the older daughter and she's trying to get married. And then maybe Lizzie takes some of her clothes. And we know Lizzie has a different style. Mm -hmm. But then it's gone through two people before Mary might get it. Yeah you know and because she's the middle child she's probably not getting new clothes but then like kitty and lydia might get new clothes because they're the babies and their mom's favorite so like mary's just stuck with all these clothes that like jane had and they were really nice and then lizzie altered and made her own and now she's just like eh, i guess i'll just make it black yeah (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah i liked i liked how mary's clothes were like specifically very different Even i mean 95 mary you know her her colors weren't as bright as girly you know her clothing felt more practical but like it's really driving home that point in 05 version yeah, yeah.
1: i just want to say that i felt like mary felt more like an actual middle child in certain points in uh 05 because it was very clear, like that scene at the Netherfield Ball where she's playing and she's doing a poor job of it. And she gets really upset and her father goes to console her. Yeah. It really feels like I worked really, really hard on this. I've been practicing it. I just wanted to show you guys that I can do this and I wanted to show off. I wanted I wanted some attention for once. Yeah. And like she didn't get the attention that she wanted. Yeah. And I just kind of felt so bad for her because she is kind of swept under the rug a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and then like in the scene where Lizzie and Mary and the gardeners are just hanging out in the kitchen at Longbourn, like I kind of felt like Mary was trying to get some attention from her aunt and uncle as well because she knows she can't get it from her mom and dad. Yeah. And like she felt really comfortable sitting there and talking with them and then making that comment about mountains and men. And yeah. I don't know. I just it felt she felt more like a middle child trying to get attention where she could as opposed to the 95 mary who's just like oh, i'm i'm all ceremony <laughs> blah 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 <laughs> um, also mary felt younger she felt yeah. like she was she felt maybe very 16 young. 17 yeah yeah but i don't know i i thought mary i think she's supposed to be 17 or 18 because Kitty, yeah, or because Lydia's fifteen, Kitty is like sixteen, seventeen, so Mary would be seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, Lizzie's twenty, Jane's about twenty-one. So, I have a question. Mm-hmm.
0: We're f- maybe this is an inappropriate place to ask it. You can tell me if you want to answer it here or wait. My question is: Were fettuccine straps a thing? Not spaghetti straps, because they weren't quite yeah, that small. Straps. But I'm going to call them fettuccine <laughs> straps. <laughs> I, <laughs> were fetish-chini straps a thing back then? I have
1: no idea.
0: Because Miss Bingley is wearing some pretty narrow straps. At yeah. The, the ball, the one night. Her arms, mm-hmm. and they're exposed and beautiful, but is that of the time? I don't know.
1: I have no idea. No idea at all whatsoever. I'm not into clothing as much. I'm not going to lie. Um... I have no idea.
0: Also, why does everybody in this movie have, I mean, all the men, most of the men, yeah, pretty much all the men. Why do they have mullets or like baby mullets? (laughs) Right? They all have like baby mullets. I don't know. I don't know either. It's weird.
1: Speaking of men, Mr. Bingley in this movie is like a... Fucking puppy dog. He's
0: so dopey.
1: Okay, he's <laughs> so funny. Like that laugh. He's just like, Haha. yeah. yeah. Just, it's, oh, it's so funny. And he's just like always got a big smile and he's happy. And then like he's awkward in the perfect times. Yeah. Like it's just brilliant. And like so, after Jane is sick and Lizzie shows up, um, the next day when Missus Bennett and the younger Bennett sisters show up, um, you just see Bingley. Caroline and Mr. Darcy sitting at the breakfast table and like Caroline is all proper you know as she is sitting up straight Darcy is sitting there like reading the newspaper all straight Bingley is like slouched back leaning on his chair with like his foot up against the table just like eating like chill as fuck yeah cause it's his and house I'm just, like, <laughs> I know but I, I don't see that literally anywhere else no. nobody is that chill unless you look at the Bennetts at Longbourn yeah <laughs> None of the other rich people are that chill, <laughs> and that's why Mr. Bingley likes
0: yeah. likes Jane so much, right? He can really it's be just, him his real self
1: he's so fucking cute, and the way he just like says the complete wrong thing and Jane is just like you're so goofy, it's just like
0: oh, <laughs> so I feel like and and I want to know your opinion as well. I feel like Bingley in O5... And Bingley in ninety five, if they could have merged and like ninety five Bingley takes some of oh five Bingley's like awkwardness and like adorableness, and then oh five Bingley could have taken some of ninety five Bingley's like grit and like mm-hmm. ability to stand up for himself, we would have the book Bingley.
1: I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I think that um one of the reasons why we don't have that as much is in ninety five. I just, I feel like that goofiness might have not felt right with the rest of the tone of the series. Mm -hmm. And then in 05, I think it was a time thing Mm -hmm. because they kind of wanted to show Bingley as like this goofy kind of person because they didn't really get into why Darcy split Jane and Bingley as much because of time. Yeah. It was pretty much just like, oh, well, I didn't see Jane showing affection. Also, your family is extremely embarrassing. So, it we didn't get the nuance, I guess of it, you know, yeah, so I think that it was really just time because I don't even think we saw Bingley like standing up for himself against Darcy, like he does, where he gets angry that Jane wasn't or that Jane was in London, and he didn't know about it. We don't see that at all in the in the two thousand five film because of the timing, yeah, so
0: yeah,
1: agreed, but I still love the two thousand five Bingley, he's my favorite,
0: <laughs> he is
1: so, pretty so adorable, cool. I
0: forgot how adorable he is. Just his mannerisms and everything. Mm-hmm. Very, very cute.
1: He's just a golden retriever with red hair. He
0: really is. <laughs> He's a strawberry retriever.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, can I just say that I love that the Bennets have a Netherfield hangover after the ball? Like... <laughs> <laughs> mrs bennett like cracks that raw egg into uh-huh. her drink <laughs> like somebody's making a loud noise and they're all just like no you know
1: yeah love yeah. it also i didn't realize that i thought the hand flex happened at pemberley it totally happens at Netherfield. i didn't Same. realize totally didn't realize that that really I don't know why
0: Change That really changes the tone for the Mm -hmm. Darcy in that movie, right? Because this Darcy in the 05 is more of the coming to terms, coming to realization earlier, right? Trying to like,
1: I don't know. This is how I see it. So in the book and in 95, we see it very much as a slow burn for both of them falling in love with each other. You know, and it obviously Darcy... Falls in love faster, but then he's dealing with all of this other stuff like her rejection. And then she falls in love even slower. And then it just kind of hits her all together. And then she has to possibly deal with his rejection. The 2005 version, because it's a movie, we have Darcy is very clearly in love the whole time. And I don't think he deals with the rejection in the same way. He kind of sees it as a way to kind of further show his love. So it's more of a, just a overall slow burn for Lizzie.
0: Yeah. And
1: we're seeing the whole thing through Lizzie's point of view anyway. So it makes more sense that way. But yeah. So like the hand flex, the little, like the looking at her at the dance, um, or at the assembly, the, oh, I thought poetry was the, was the language of love or something like that. And it's like, well, how should I get some affection or how should I show affection? And she's like, well, you should dance yeah um, that's the 2005 version of no sir i won't dance with you yeah um <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> basically yeah but it shows him going from oh no 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 i'm not going to dance with her she's tolerable to immediately being like oh no that was a bad mistake and then just clear affection from him throughout the whole movie uh and i think that that I think that that's kind of where a lot of people are like oh Darcy he's so great he's wonderful he's you know he's been great the whole time because the 2005 version he kind of is Mm -hmm. because even in the proposal scene like I think that the proposal scene in 2005 feels more like he just has to let it out so he does and it's awkward and he just lets it out. And then when she's like, you just insulted my family, he he actually, like, stammers through it and is like, oh, no, 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 that's not what I meant, you know? And I just, I don't know. I don't like the
0: 2005 first proposal. I hate it so much.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, you're what?
0: talking about dramatic Darcy 95 writing his letter. 05, when they're doing this first proposal, I'm like, dramatic much? Like, <laughs> yeah Lizzie Lizzie is a little dramatic it's so dramatic also I just I don't like that they're outside in the rain like I know they want us to feel romance right because this is a romance Mm -hmm. and I know it's supposed to be different right I know it's not supposed to be exactly like the book and that isn't my criticism at all my criticism is that it just feels too dramatic I don't know it just doesn't feel right to me I just don't like it I don't like that it comes out of the rain and like he's soaking wet and proposing to her I just I don't know it just felt really rushed and it felt like there wasn't thought behind it whereas like when he goes to Charlotte's house he's like making sure she isn't sick and then also like oh yeah I hate your family will you marry me I don't know (laughs) it's a bad proposal no matter what but like I don't know I just see, I liked it at Char's house better than like in the rain.
1: So if you just completely remove the, the setting. Yeah, I still don't like it. Okay. Okay. Well, so I don't like that they're caught in the rain. I think that's weird. And I I, want to point out that when Darcy shows up at this weird fake column place. Yeah. Lizzie is like scared. Yeah. Like, she, like, kind of backs up a little bit in terror. Like, he scared the shit out of her. She thought she was
0: alone, and then all of a sudden this strange man, or this strange man's shadow, because she doesn't see it's Darcy yet, comes out of nowhere. I'd be scared, too. I
1: thought thought that was really freaking awkward. And, yeah, with the rain and just, like, when he walks off, like, where the fuck are you going to (laughs) go? Like, don't we have to go the same direction to get the fuck out of here? He's going to (laughs) go... Be sad in the rain, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and listen to it's like a country song. Like it's it's just the, it's the Mister Darcy version of uh, the David Tennant meme where he's crying in the rain. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so like, completely remove all of that. For me, it feels better. I yeah. Okay, I'm not sitting here trying to convince you. No, okay? I know. I'm just like that. I I actually felt like it felt a little bit more real in the way they were talking to each other um see because- and i wrote char's house felt more real so it's crazy okay okay so l hear me out so i think that it felt more real because um like i said like the way he was like his intonations the way he was just like look this is how this is this is how i feel and like yeah no i know that like you're standing and your family and everything like that like it's not but I, but i love you i love like he's just like it's i don't know like the, the intonations and the way that he says it just feels more natural and then when they're talking to each other they're interrupting each other they're not waiting for the person to give the next line so it feels more like an actual conversation and like especially given the fact that lizzie is upset so she would interject more so like when she's like oh yeah well you know you just you said this or you just said my family is shit and he's just like you know he takes a step back and in that moment he's like oh shit no that's not what i meant to say which this version of darcy this darcy that has loved her this whole time and isn't really upset about the fact that he loves her not really like because you don't see that in this version uh like that would be a natural reaction for this darcy is to be like oh shit i didn't mean to say that because i do i do love you the whole like Against my will, I love you is a little less of a stern fact for the two (laughs) thousand five Darcy. (laughs) Yeah, it's more of just it's in the book, but this Darcy is. He says it completely different.
0: He says it like it's the same line, but they're said completely different, and so you get Mm -hmm. completely different interpretations. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that. But yeah, like the, the the way that they speak to each other, the the tone, the gestures, the interact, the the interrupting, and everything like that, that felt more of a natural conversation to me. So I preferred that over the or the ninety five one, where it felt more stiff, as we kind of talked about before. Um, I do think Lizzie was a little more dramatic, but at least she showed she was angry. <laughs> I don't know the
0: the first proposal in ninety five felt more true to the book and maybe true to how people of that society would have really reacted at that time like trying to compose themselves stip upper lip don't don't say the wrong thing or like Mm -hmm. i'm high enough and i'm gonna say whatever i want whereas this the night the 05 felt more real
1: so in the book when darcy goes to lambton and he sees how upset lizzie is uh, and he's he breaks that that whole propriety thing like like lizzie does when she hears about charlotte uh and we talked about this how like like that's how you can tell that he still really likes her is that mm-hmm. he's just like oh shit what's wrong with you and then he kind of pulls it back i felt like in the 2005 version that feeling in that moment in the book was put to the first proposal yeah so his way of breaking that that whole idea of we have to be proper because he was proper the whole time he was at like rosings with her and everything like that he had that, that that wall up yeah that breaking happened at the proposal which makes more sense for this darcy because again like he's he's completely head over heels the whole time and isn't necessarily dealing with the rejection in the same way i guess yeah 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 so i don't know so speaking of the rejection in the 2005 version like Darcy doesn't seem to be as angry like he gets angry when she's like yelling all the shit at him especially when he brings up Wickham
0: mm-hmm. so like you can
1: tell like oh he's pissed about Wickham yeah like he was willing to like I felt like had they just started to like continue to talk about Bingley and Jane he might have started walking that back a little bit and have been more apologetic about it um, but as soon as she brings up Wickham he is pissed yeah which makes sense yeah But he doesn't walk away and stays angry and does a dramatic letter in the same way that they do in, like, 95 and in the book. Because in the book, he is very upset about the whole thing. And he's angry afterwards when he writes the letter to Lizzie. And I just feel like the 2005 version of Darcy isn't angry.
0: Yeah, I agree. He just wants to
1: set the record straight. I agree. Yeah. So I don't, I, I think that the rejection part of this whole thing that Darcy's dealing with in 2005 I feel like it kind of just makes him more upset and sad Mm -hmm. than it does like that anger that like, Oh, how dare she reject me? You know, she's in the wrong, blah, blah, blah. I think in 2005, Darcy is just more like sad puppy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I will say that one of the changes that I liked for 2005 in terms of the Darcy Lizzie relationship is in Lambton when they get the letter. And while I really love that scene in the book, and in 95, when Darcy shows up and, like, Lizzie's upset and he's very worried about her and he's just like, what are you do? Like, are you OK? Do you need to see a doctor? Let's have the servant go talk or go get your aunt and uncle. You know, like, let me take care of you. One of the things that I really liked about 2005 and I think fits with 2005 is that Darcy's there and he's just flat out like, no, this is my fault. I want to take care of it. Yeah, I agree with that part. But the part that's right
0: before it, when it cuts to that scene and she comes out and then she, like, bursts into tears and, like, running away. I don't mm-hmm. like that.
1: No, I that was – that felt really awkward.
0: It felt so awkward.
1: That felt weird. And, like,
0: yeah. they're just sitting there watching her and not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is nobody consoling her?
1: Like, I kind of get Darcy feeling that way because he's like, this is really weird. i have been this weird aunt- spot. But oh. why isn't Mr. and Mrs. Carter doing anything?
0: Also, like – why aren't the gardeners? I know this movie is only two hours. I know they had to make a lot of concessions, but like, couldn't they made, make some other concessions elsewhere and made the gardeners more central? Cause they're not central in this movie. They're very out of the loop. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. wanted them to be just even just a little bit more connected to mm-hmm. Lizzie and Darcy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I feel like they definitely did the De gardeners dirty. Yeah. But I get why they did it because, again, it's shorter. And they're not as central in, like, the beginning of the movie. So it would be weird to suddenly have them, you know, there at the end. Mm -hmm. So I get it. But we love the gardeners so much. so
0: much. I just wanted them to shine just a little bit more. And, like, they don't really imply at all that the ant is from Lambton. Like, Mm -mm. you know, there's no connection there. Like, even if they just could have brought that in, just like a passing remark, just to show that, that's why they're there, you know? Yeah.
1: I do like, though, that we still got that connection between Darcy and them as well yes. as it was. Yes, yes. Like, oh, hey, let's go fishing. Let's hang out. And then they're like, oh, my gosh, he's so super nice. And he, like, walks through the inn with them. And they're like, buddy, buddy. And, like, so I did like that. But yeah. you wouldn't get that same feeling if you didn't read the book.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I that was one of the first things I wrote is, like, throughout the the movie you know, people who are very familiar with the book are going to be able to follow along with the things that aren't there. And then people mm-hmm. who aren't familiar with the book, they're going to be okay too because they're going to get mm-hmm. the big main ideas.
1: I think that that's what makes a good adaptation is that, because we all hate that, you know, when they take a a book and they turn it into a movie and you're expecting the book in movie form and it's going to disappoint somebody. But I think that this adaptation does a really good job of. Making the necessary changes it needs to make to follow the story for people who aren't familiar with the book, while also giving the people who are extremely familiar or just finished reading it (laughs) enough to go off of it and enjoy as well. Yeah. Because again, like while we know that there are certain things that are different from the 05 Version that the book, like we can see why those concessions were made and why those things were changed. You know, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm looking at this movie, and again, I love this movie, but there wasn't any part that I was angry about. Like the rain is probably as angry as I got. <laughs> um, the only
0: place where I wrote I'm frustrated is when they meet at Pemberley.
1: Yes, that I, I do want to talk about that because we, we all talked about how Lizzie fell in love with the grounds at Pemberley not the house because she has seen pretty houses 2005 made us fall in love with the house not the grounds and it just made everything weird and awkward and all of those pictures like the the subtle like like uh movements across the marble like statues i want to hear i actually wrote down what's your opinion of the statue room
0: yeah why are we suddenly in the grecian art wing of the louvre or wherever like anywhere that has a grecian art wing like why (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> art Institute of Chicago. There is a room yeah. that has like marble statues like that, and yeah, you can the, like look it up from a balcony, or you can be down in it. Yeah, it reminds me of that scene so much. Yeah, every big museum yeah. has a
0: Grecian art wing. Yeah, art wing. The Institute. The is it the Met?
1: In well, New this York? one I think it's like Chicago. I don't it, think it's. One. I don't think it's the Grecian art wing because they they have a Greek. Section. Yeah, this is separate. I so I think they're more modern sculptures, but it's all marble statues. Yeah. is what it is. It's not Grecian like the like here, but the way the room is set up and with the lights coming in and everything, that room at the Art Institute of Chicago reminds me of Pemberley in the O5. Yeah. So I next act- time I'm in Chicago, we're gonna go there and we're gonna talk about it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'll
1: put up a video. <laughs>
0: Come on, COVID, get over. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. So here is what I wrote. This Pemberley is too ornate grecian art wing question mark focus is on the material not the simplicity or the grounds
1: which is what originally attracts her mm-hmm. though i will say that i really like when she gets out of the carriage and she's just like f- like the fuck yeah <laughs> well shit i could have had this yeah. <laughs> She like practically she's just like oh well huh, fuck okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which good. which kind of happens in 95 as well when they're like coming in and she sees the ground she's just like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah and they're talking about the
0: mistress and like yeah. oh the mistress of pemberley will certainly have a lot to to deal with or whatever <laughs> like oh yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no the whole pemberley thing is weird um, Her creeping on Georgiana and Darcy and then running away is so awkward.
0: Yeah. Also, why isn't Georgiana shy? She's not shy. I mean, she's only 15. Yeah, but in the book, she's shy. True, but... We don't know her up until this point, so it's okay for her to make her not shy. I just wanted her to really be shy in 95 either she's like a little bit like when they first met at the first scene in Lambton, where she's like Well, oh, my brother bought me a piano i don't know if i deserve it or you know whatever
1: i don't know i think it's because i think it's because and i, I, I said this before for about the 95 thing is that the scene in the book that we have when she's at pemberley with georgiana would be really awkward in film yeah. Just because it's so quiet. Like, it felt awkward in the book, and there was a purpose for it, but it's not necessarily needed in a film adaptation. Yeah. I think so.
0: Yeah. Also, I just didn't like her line where she was like, oh, you must force her. Like, <laughs> like I didn't like that. Like, Georgiana <laughs> wouldn't
1: say this. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I preferred the scene in 95 versus 05 for that. Yeah. Um, so... The only other thing that I definitely want to talk about in terms of 90, or in uh, terms of 05, is Charlotte. Okay. Because I love Charlotte. I love book Charlotte so much. And like I said, I felt like the 95 version of Charlotte was cold, but, and I, I liked the friendship between Charlotte and Lizzie in 2005. However, the, the film paints Charlotte as a desperate woman. yeah. Like, She is very much like, I'm scared. That's why I'm getting married. And I'm 27 and I don't have the prospects, blah, blah, blah. She says nothing about the fact that she's not interested in romance. Yeah. And she doesn't really play like she's not interested in romance because there are times when she's just like, oh, I'm so happy that my husband is sermonizing. And like, oh, you know, like she gets she feels like she's trying to hide in this romance for Mr. Collins in the O five 5 version. And I'm not a fan of that because I like Charlotte is looking to get married because that's what she needs to do. And that is it. There's no feelings, no romance at all.
0: Yeah. So in 05, Charlotte felt very out of control of her own life. She It was just like her parents are like, so in the 05, the Lucases are significantly older um, Mm -hmm. and she is a burden to them. Whereas in the 95, you know, they're more closer to the Bennetts age Mm -hmm. and they're they have you know more kids like Mariah Mm -hmm. is a big deal in the 95 and they have younger kids too. And Charlotte in 95 feels very in control. She's the one who's calling all the Mm -hmm. shots.
1: Yeah. So I kind of just wish that we had the friendship and the connection between Lizzie and Charlotte from 05 into the 95 version of Charlotte. Because the only problem I had with the ninety five version of Charlotte is that she felt cold. Yeah, that's it. Everything else was fine. So, yeah, because we know, like, like I could see ninety-five version being a romantic, mm-hmm. but I hated that they painted this one and only a romantic character as feeling so cold, because a yeah. people aren't cold. I mean, you know? I don't, I don't know. And I, I, I don't would think say they she did it felt on purpose. cold.
0: I, I felt like she felt distant and like logical. I don't think she felt cold. Like she wasn't being. Like unnecessarily rude or mean, she just felt very. I don't logical. think that you need.
1: I don't think that you need to be rude or 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 mean or to feel cold. You just uh-huh. don't feel like you have as close of a connection. You know, like yeah. they're not sitting there and laughing and having fun and stuff like that. So okay, that's now the thing. I see I just what feel you mean. like. Yeah. And I don't think that the people who did 95 were like, oh, this is an aromantic character. She's going to be cold because that's how they are. I no. don't think that that's the case no. at all. I just think that if you read Charlotte Lucas as an aromantic character and then you watch 95, you're going to be like, why is she so cold? You mm-hmm. know? And then if you watch 2005 and you read Charlotte as aromantic, you're going to be like, this isn't the same character. Right. Because I do love Charlotte. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's that's all I have to say about that. So we both managed to pick out interesting things about clothing and color while we were watching these. So I found a video on YouTube. It's called how historically accurate are the costumes in pride and prejudice 2005. And it's done by Abby Cox. And I will say this is the only video I've watched of hers, but I am subscribed to her channel now. And everything. I want to watch more of her stuff because it's great. So we did watch that video before we watched these films. So we did kind of pick up a little bit. And some of the things that we've mentioned are comments that she has made in her YouTube video. I would suggest you definitely go and check it out. Watch it. Cause she knows a lot about costuming and a lot about historical clothes. And she gets into a lot of detail But I will definitely give her a shout out and say that she's the one who pointed out that, you know, the clothes in 2005 are from different time periods or different, you know, within the the, within the same like 28 year period or Mm -hmm. something like that. And how certain clothes that like Lizzie wears are very much like clearly altered and stuff like that. And she also um, talks a little bit about color. And how that relates to characters and uh, color of clothing at the time as well. So it's a great video. Go check it out. Um, Definitely worth a watch. So. Yes. With that in mind, we want to talk a little bit about the clothing choices in these two movies because they are strikingly different. Yep. So. So, of course, 95 clothing, which we kind of mentioned earlier, they're
0: definitely recreations. And if they're not recreations, then they came from like real historical societies, essentially. And I think that's mentioned in the video. Like some of the costuming actually came from I would like historical societies.
1: Well, if nothing else, they're they're definitely modelled off of the clothes that they have in those like the
0: patterns that they would do at that time. Yeah. And you'll notice that like the clothing in the miniseries matches as I've mentioned before, with other details, other like period pieces of this time coming out in the 90s, right? They all have that yeah. um, pure waste. Um, they're all very flowy. They're all very light pastel colors.
1: Which was of the time that Austen was writing the book or when it was published. Right. So, yeah. Um, what is it? 1830?
0: 1812
1: 13. is when Pride and Prejudice, or 1813, yeah. So this is early 1800s, mm-hmm. while some of the other clothing in like 2005 could be late 1700s. Because yes. it's a little bit more flexible. So it's less like when Pride and Prejudice would have taken place and more when it was being published in terms of the 95 version. Exactly. So. Yep.
0: I just want to go on record and say that nobody likes an empire waist. Mm
1: -mm. Nobody
0: likes them. They're a terrible idea. I don't know why. I don't need my waist at
1: my boobs. I don't.
0: I don't either. I don't either. Nobody wants Mm -mm. that.
1: And while I will say that some of those like cropped jackets that they have are really super cute because they're made out of velvet. Oh my god, so cute! Not necessarily the most flattering cut for anybody. No, who especially those who have like boobs yeah lots of emphasis on the boobs Mm -hmm.
0: which i mean especially
1: lydia's boobs oh my god for being 15 holy
0: shit so i just want to go on record and say like the 95 bennett sisters uh very healthy right Mm -hmm. their boobs are up and out (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which i kind of like and like that is kind of like this of the time like if you're going later if you're like in the
1: early part of the
0: 1800s, right? Boobs were up and out.
1: Well, yeah, that's why umpire yeah. styles were in, I think, because that's Emphasis like when your there. waist is literally under your breasts. Yeah. Then, yeah.
0: Hourglass anyway. figures are too sexy, but lots of cleavage is not.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Just wait till the end of the 1800s. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> that's when angles are scandalous.
0: So scandalous.
1: Anyway, go on.
0: Yeah, I just, I like how they use those pastels and the light colors. I like that because it really puts me in the time of this movie if we're going with like the time of publication, which is a lot of the adaptations do that, right? A lot of like even Bronte sister film adaptations also kind of like 1800s-ish with the higher waistlines and the pastel colors. And the very okay. very flowy dresses, and I don't know if it's because I necessarily like that. It, I think it's just because that's what I'm used to as interpreting.
1: This is clothing for this time, right? Well, so you you talk about the the colors, the pastels and stuff. Mm-hmm. What I started to pick up while watching ninety five was actually related to the colors and those pastels that you talked about, because throughout most of the ninety five miniseries. The Bennett sisters are wearing light colors. Uh, Lizzie and Jane definitely wear a lot of white dresses with like subtle patterns. Mary tends to wear white dresses with darker patterns on them, mm-hmm. or a uh, maybe like a, a a muted green color or something like something like that. Occasionally, Lizzie will wear like a light gold or something, or like a a, a pale pink. But sisters like. Uh, kitty and lydia they have like it's still like a light pink but it's not like a baby pink but it's mm-hmm. like they have a pink they have pink and they have like blue and yellow dresses and their mother has um, like a darker dress with like the darker print on it uh carolyn has bold bright darker more rich colors Um uh, mrs hurst also has all of those things and I started to make a connection between, like, so Lizzie and Jane are seen as the good girls. They're the, you know, they're the heroines. And all of these other people who wear more colors and have the darker tones or even the darker patterns in certain areas are the women you're not supposed to want to be like. So you're not supposed to want to be like the, the Bingley sisters or even Mrs. Bennett and how... By the way, didn't bring this up before. Mrs. Bennet in the 95 version is so much more dramatic than the 05 version. Like, holy fucking shit. Like, if we She's thought Mr. Darcy was a dramatic bitch. <laughs> like, Mrs. Bennet in, in the 95 version is the most dramatic of bitches. And that but,
0: voice, my goodness. Oh, that Her voice, nerves all the time. All the time.
1: Anyway, but we're not supposed to be like that. So when we see her in the darker colors or like even just like if it's a yellow dress with like a dark pattern on. You know, like those, those are the people we're not supposed to want to be like, we're not supposed to want to be like Mary, we're not supposed to want to be like these people. But then as it goes on, there are certain times when like Jane will wear that darker pink color. But in those moments, Jane has an opinion that is different than what everybody else has. So like, oh, Mr. Darcy isn't that bad. She's wearing a darker color. So we're not supposed to want to be like Jane in those moments. Hmm. Uh, When Lydia is supposed to go to Brighton. Lydia is wearing a light color dress. Her mother is wearing a light color dress. I think Jane and Kitty are wearing lighter colors. Lizzie is then wearing a color that is darker than the rest of her sisters because she's very much like, no, she shouldn't go.
0: Interesting observation. I didn't even notice that at all.
1: Yeah. Um, So Lizzie wears a bold color when she uh, makes the, the comment about Brighton. When she is at Rosings and she is out of the ordinary compared to everybody else who's there, who's been there. um, And like Lady Catherine, we all know, look down on her and stuff like that. Lizzie is wearing a darker color at Rosings. Now, Lady Catherine is also wearing darker colors because we know we're not supposed to be like her. But Lizzie is wearing a darker color as well because like Lizzie, we're not supposed to be Lizzie in that situation either because Lizzie's like an outsider kind of a situation. So. We definitely see um, like when Lizzie meets Georgiana, they're pretty much wearing the same outfit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. White I and light that. and
1: stuff like that. Yeah. Even the and color like,
0: top, the crop top on the same yeah. was similar. It was like that lilac-y color, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, I didn't take into consideration jackets, because I figure that those are, you know, they're accessories. They're probably darker for less storytelling reasons and more just clothing options reasons. So, like, their jackets tend to be darker, and it's a pop of color. I'm usually just talking about, like, the main staple, their dresses specifically. Yeah. I will also note, and I didn't take notice of the men's clothing until toward the end. Okay. But Darcy, once we start to like him... His clothes start to get a little lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so like after Pemberley, like when he's going to see Jane at Lambton, he's wearing a lighter green. And then when we have start to question whether or not he's still going to be in love with her because of Lydia, his clothes go back to darker colors. It's so
0: interesting because right before that, we see the scene with him and his valet and mm-hmm. he pulls. the valet, holds up a black coat and Darcy's like, no, the green one.
1: Uh huh. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's wearing a lighter color uh Wickham too when after the wedding when Wickham is okay cuz he's now part of the family he's wearing light colors as well hmm. so yeah Very that's my whole thing about colors
0: that's so, so. interesting <laughs> um things that i noticed was so, like, they all had very – the sisters, the Bennett sisters all had very similar styles of dress, mm-hmm. essentially. But at the end, when Lydia comes back and she's married, she has, like, a lot more fluttery things, right? She has the feathers, she has the big hat, the coat and everything. One, because she's just come from London, but mm-hmm. also she's a married woman now. She's kind of emulating her mother a little bit in style mm-hmm. with, like, the additional accessories that are more flouncy, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. And then I mentioned this at the beginning – the Bingley sisters who look very modern. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking specifically of their headpieces. Um, they almost felt oh, very yeah. like 1920s to me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they weren't, I mean, but like the, with their hair, the way their hair was and stuff, it just, it gave that kind of like 20s vibe. Mm-hmm. So it kind of felt like they were a bit ahead of their time. You know, they're being, as we've said, more fashion forward. Um, in O five, all it seems like all the colors are pretty muted with the exception of Jane, right? Jane gets Mm -hmm. like the baby blues and like Mm -hmm. more of the pastels. And you mentioned, and I totally agree with this, she's probably getting like newer clothes. Yeah. Because she's the oldest. But also like, Jane is like the sweetheart. And so, you know, we're gonna be drawn to that. Lizzie's kinda like the black sheep of the family, so she's Mm -hmm. gonna be like you know darker clothing.
1: Well, if we're going on the basis of like the 2005 one is going to have that wider range of styles because of, you know, they're they they feel more like everyday regular people. Jane getting like the newer clothes, Jane's clothes are pretty much empire waist and yeah. stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. And same with carolyn uh Bingley and that one she has the umpire waist because they're newer and in fashion. Yeah. Was that all you had to say?
0: Yeah, I did Sorry, I I didn't know you had such a huge thing about clothes. Oh no, I just was like, I <laughs> I just noticed this. The, I just noticed like a few things here and there.
1: No, I noticed this whole um, connection with color. And, I like, love it.
0: I love it so much. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Um. All right. Can we compare Darcy's? I mean, sure. this this think- won't take long because we've like essentially no. done it. But yeah. I just want to give my theory.
1: Okay, go ahead. What is your Darcy theory?
0: Okay, so I have this theory regarding the two film Darcys, yeah, okay, I'm kind of afraid to say it, but oh God, I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> I'm afraid
1: I'm gonna open up a can of worms and we're gonna have another Darcy argument, but I don't care. I'm gonna say it anyway. I really hope that we have these same arguments when we get to the other heroes, or the romantic heroes. Um, I don't really know. If you but talk we'll shit
0: out. about Brandon, oh, I'm throwing oh, down. Oh, I know not to step I'm on that foot. I'm throwing down. I know,
1: <laughs> I know. I know not to even touch Brandon. Because, you know, it's not even Brandon. Why- it's just Alan Rickman. Like, I know. There's no Brandon. It's just Alan Rickman. I know, I I know, I know. That might be why we might end up doing Sense and Sensibility last. So just in case things happen and the podcast blows up, we'll be done. <laughs> All right. Anyway,
0: here's my theory. You like your Darcy awkward. I like my Darcy brooding. And this is why we like our respective movies and our respective Darcys. Because... You get the romantic all the way through who's, like, more on the awkward side trying not to, like, saying the wrong things, but he doesn't mean to say the wrong things. And that's what we get in the 2005, right? Whereas I want my Darcy brooding and, like, thinking he's in charge so that there's a more of a downfall for him that he has to build himself up from. And this is why I think we like our respective Darcy's and our respective movies, because we each have this interpretation of how we like our Darcy.
1: Okay, that's it. I'm flipping the table. Let's go. It's over. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, that's true. I do. I do. Because I read Darcy is very awkward in the book. So that just makes sense. And I don't think that me reading Darcy is awkward has anything to do with the movie because like I said it's been a long time since I've watched that movie but now I see how he's awkward but I read him as being an awkward person see as- I think
0: I'm influenced by the miniseries to I like my Darcy I think you are very influenced by the because <laughs> it's so Thank good but like, I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> but there's like parts in the book where I'm like I'm reading Darcy as like more agitated and mm-hmm. like in charge. Large he's like large and in charge, right? And even Fitz kind of alludes to that. Yeah. Um and maybe that's because that's how the characters are meant to see him and so that's how some readers are seeing him, yeah. right? But not but, I, but maybe necessarily he's not like that. Maybe he's more like your version of Darcy.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that when I even read Darcy the parts that I'm seeing him being awkward and reading as awkward are the parts that aren't necessarily through the other characters' points of view. You know, they're like the the side bits that we get that are either the narrator or Darcy himself and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But no, I agree. Here's my theory. Okay. It depends on which one you've seen first. Much like Doctor Who, (laughs) it depends on which one you see first. Yeah. So if you see 95 first, Colin Firth is your Darcy. If you've seen 2005 first, Matthew McFadden is your Mr. Darcy. Yeah. That's just how it is.
0: Yeah. I could agree with that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, so, given that 95 is your favorite, I would like to hear one compliment about 2005. All right, so my 2005 compliment
0: is... I liked a lot of the added Details in the movie like for Example I really liked the Lively dance that they had at the start Of the movie that felt very real I really liked that scene that I talked about before Where they're running around and like making themselves Look good because Bingley's coming I really loved that scene Right before Lady Catherine gets There where this they're going to The different parts of the house and showing The Bennets and like what They're doing and like how they're Interacting with each other I love love when Lizzie and Jane are, like, under the covers in bed having their sisterly talks. Like, I love mm-hmm. all of those added details. I love Donald Sutherland as Mr. Bennett so I much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love 95 Mr. Bennett. He's our book Bennett. But mm-hmm. Donald Sutherland, I love his interpretation of Mr. Bennett. Mm-hmm. So I liked a lot of those little added details that weren't in the book that we got to see. So... What is your 95 compliment?
1: So I like how true they stayed to the book in certain aspects. So those small details that we get in the book that we don't get in the 2005 movie, I really enjoy. So like having Lizzie and Jane chase down their dad to hear the letter from her uncle about Lydia uh, that was great, especially because Lizzie is shown like running throughout the whole film at different times, like when she'll be walking and la la la, and it's like, I'm gonna go for a jog. And then like when her and Jane are running, Jane is clearly out of breath and just like, I can't I can't keep up with my sister. So like that little detail. Um like Lizzie playing with the dog detail. Uh I like how they did the letters in the like the reading with the flashback kind of situation. But really, I think the best part, the best thing that I liked about the 95 version was really that time at Pemberley with the awkwardness with Carolyn trying to be all like, oh, well, let's talk about Mr. Wickham because I know Lizzie has a crush on him. And let's show let's show Darcy up by bringing this up, and you know, because he's going to be like, oh, see, this this girl that I like actually likes Wickham. And then it just is bad news bears because Georgiana's there and she freaks out. But then. Lizzie takes comfort. She doesn't have to. She doesn't have to sit there and be like, oh no, I'm going to comfort Georgiana. She wants to. You know, she sees that this girl is distressed by this. And Darcy sees that and sees Jay, or sees Jay, sees Lizzie comforting Georgiana. And like, it was just such a sweet moment that like, I just really enjoyed that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, oh five 5 is your favorite
0: What's a wish you have for 5
1: I wish that Charlotte hadn't seemed so desperate. I wish they had done better for Charlotte in terms of why she wanted to get married. Yeah. How about for you? What is a wish that you have for your favor? What do you wish they would have done differently?
0: So it's very funny that you said this at the very beginning. Of us recording this podcast because I had written it down already before you said it. I wish that there had been more romance because sometimes the love scenes felt stiff. I use mm-hmm. the same word that you had mentioned. And yeah. there's no satisfying ending like in the 05, you know, in the 05, it's the romantic kiss. You mm-hmm. don't get the romantic kiss at the end of 95. Mm -hmm. So I wish I wish there would have been like more romance, more romance feeling.
1: You know what you do get at the end of O five? 5 You get confirmation that Lizzie and Darcy bang. (laughs) I mean, they're sitting outside on their giant stairs and... Lizzie's in her nightdress with a jacket and Darcy's got his shirt untucked from his like pantaloons and they're sitting there and they're all lovey. And when Darcy's like standing up, like looking over and Lizzie's just like touching the back of his calf, it's just like they bang. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So that was our discussion about the two most prominent film adaptations of Pride and Prejudice. And yeah, you can see why we like our respective versions. (laughs) We do. We we really do. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. I respect 95. I just
0: prefer 05. I do like a lot of stuff that's
1: in 05. I just prefer Mm -hmm. the miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. So I think our next episode, we're going to be discussing a couple of different adaptations. Yes. We're going to be reading some adaptations, which is exciting. So I get to read Mr. Darcy's Diary, which is Pride and Prejudice through Mr. Darcy's point of view.
0: And I get to read The Other Bennett Sister, which is Pride
1: and Prejudice through Mary Bennett's point of view. So if you're interested in kind of joining in that discussion, make sure you grab either one of those books. They are available on our bookshop on bookshop.org. Just go in there, do a little search for Books Beyond Measure. That's our shop. You do have to make sure you click the shop tab at the top. Otherwise, it'll just show you a bunch of books. But if you go there, you can find the books that we've been talking about, books we're going to talk about. Buy them up. 10% of what you'll spend will go to local bookstores around the country. And we'll also get 10%, which helps us pay for like, our podcast hosting and all of that stuff. So it really helps us keep the lights on. Yeah. So we would love for you guys to, you know, read along and kind of, you know, discuss the books with us as well. So yeah, I kind of like these adaptations. I'm really excited about them.
0: Me too. (laughs) I am so excited.
1: Seriously. Yeah. Okay. And also just a reminder that from here until... We tell you otherwise we're going to be dropping our episodes every other Wednesday. So that's mostly because now we have to read whole books in between recording sessions. So instead of just a few chapters, we have to read a whole book. So we got, we have to give ourselves a little bit more time, but we'll be back to week by week as soon as we hit our next Jane Austen book, but we're not done with Pride and Prejudice yet. So
0: yeah. And in the meantime, please rate review and tell your friends about our podcast if you enjoy it
1: yeah just drop a little link being like oh bt dubs listen to this yeah but we appreciate you guys listening and yeah we will see you next time bye Bye.
0: Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer. and me, Elle Kammerer. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie
1: Keneally. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at witbeyondmeasure.com, or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBM Podcast. I'm gonna say that again. It's WB. M podcast.